Okay, everybody, welcome to the Fail Fast podcast. Today with us, we have a young entrepreneur from Edmonton. He is a podcaster himself. He is uh, a Bachelor of Business Administration. He currently works in marketing in, like I said, Edmonton, Alberta. We have Matthew Ankerstein with us today. Matthew, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on the Very show. good. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for finding the yeah. time to come here today. Yeah, I'm always glad to reach out and help anybody if that's looking for any help in regards to talking about failure. So Very good. So, Matthew, today, of course, we're not here to talk about any successes. Uh, so... Uh, sure. Of course, if it comes up, we can we uh, will follow along. But do you have? Uh, of course, every everybody has failed, and uh, not everybody loves not everybody loves failing. Let's put it that way. But do you have a failure that you want to share with us? Something that was a point in your life that you felt that was not so good. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't always look, like, the way I look at failure is really different than, like, what I used to look at it before I really went through a couple of them. Um, the way I used to look at it was, and I still, maybe I actually, now that I think, well, I really look at it the same way. I look at it through, it's an experience, and that failure is actually a good thing in a lot of ways. Um, I think, like, if you don't have failures and you're not really trying anything new and you're not really moving yourself forward, right? Absolutely. Um, so when I recall, like, the past year of my life, um, Quinn regards, like I just graduated from school back in May of last year, 2017. Um, you know, I worked every summer throughout school for four years, did construction jobs, operate heavy equipment, um, did landscaping, a bunch of different things to really afford the luxury to be able to go through school for four years and not have to take out student debt and stuff like that. Right. So that was a major win. But nice. as soon as after I graduated out of college, out of NEAT with the BBA, um, I went into a job doing door-to-door sales, actually, for an alarm securities company. I'm not actually gonna, I'm not going to name the names or anything like that, just to protect their identities and stuff, right? But um, you know, just going through that experience, I really wanted to become a really good, high-performance individual. I really wanted to build out um, my sales career in a lot of ways, right? And I went out within a week, actually. Like I got hired on after I graduated. I graduated on the Friday of May 5th, I think, or 4th last year. And I went in for the job interview the day before I graduated, got it, and then I got shipped out to Saskatchewan to do door-to-door sales on the Monday without no training or anything like that. And what I really learned going through that experience, in short, was that, you know, I'm really glad that I did it when I look back on it today, honestly. Um, But I went out to Saskatchewan and did door-to-door for about two months. It It was a little under two months, but... A large part of the reason why I had to stop was because um, I wasn't making enough sales for myself to keep going at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Just being a recent graduate, going four years throughout school, um, you know, money was a little bit tight at times. But at the end of the day, um, it didn't work out, right? The sales crew didn't work out with the door to door. But, you know, something that I really hoped was going to be really good just didn't work out. Um, but I look back on those times in my life and I think myself, man, did I ever learn a lot, right? I learned like man, like I learned so much about framing, um, how you frame a conversation, how you lead to a sale, more of that stuff that I learned doing that door-to-door sales and practicing it 
getting door slammed in my face a thousand times really helps me do what I do today. Right. And so when I'm analyzing marketing copy or sales copy, I can understand how the consumer feels and how they go through that experience. Right. So, you know, it's funny how like a lot of times failure when we're going through it really sucks, like you mentioned, but in the grand scheme of things, it works out in them. So. So after all, all those learnings actually came from you. You didn't end up getting any official training from them at any mm -hmm. point. <laughs> well, I got some training, right? Like, so before every day before we went out knocking on doors, um, there was like an hour long sales training. And so mm -hmm. we would just talk about like working on your pitch, how do you, how do you frame conversations and little things. But there was nothing like that was really formalized training, I guess you would say. Um, but I think that was a good thing if I, when I look back on it. I think a lot of part of like what makes people successful is that they have to be willing to show that they're eager and willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And that they're really willing to like push themselves to the limits. And like, I think like if I recall, like what I could have done differently was if I could have go back and if I were to re-experience that, I would try to get like high performance sales individuals to like walk me through what I'm doing wrong. Like I would want them to come out knocking doors with me. I would want them to see what I'm doing, trying to like analyze everything and just trying to help me get through that process itself. I would try to be like a lot more like, I don't care if they meet me at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night to make like help me improve my sales career. Um, yeah. Obviously, I didn't do that. But at the end of the day, like I still am glad I went through that experience as a whole. So, oh, Very nice, man. It's, I actually yeah. followed a, not that I follow him, but I found a video. It was shared with me of this door-to-door -door salesman in the States and a young, young fella. And mm. he's just so amazing mm. that I, I watched that video over and over. And I found out after that there's people that actually took that video to university and they studied his sales behaviors. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the name. I, I would like to I'll probably share it on the show notes here if I yeah. find it. But it, it's amazing yeah, the learnings you can have with those those professionals. That... Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because like, I think when I look back on it now, and I really think about my, my sales career in that regards for the two months. Like I learned so much about like how a consumer feels and how you frame conversations. And I learned that like more or less everything you do nowadays is sales. Yes. Um, right. What like I like this podcast is a sales interview in a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, if you're meeting somebody at the bar and trying to grow or whatever, you're selling yourself in some way, shape, or form to a certain degree. If you go for a job interview, you're selling yourself, you're selling your company, you're selling your product. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting how they, they can take those studies and um, understand consumer behavior out of it. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. I, I believe that. And it's funny how many people have no idea that every person that you talk to is always trying to sell something. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. a physical product, but there's always something being sold. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes, take the time and actually try to notice ahead of time. What am I being sold right now? Have you ever tried that? When... Yeah, I think so. I think everyone has, right? Yeah. I think everyone's had the telemarketer call them up and be like, Hey, I'm looking for such and such person. And you're like, and the first thing you're going through your mind is because you've had an experience with these people before is what are you trying to sell? Right? Um, so yeah, I think everyone's had that experience. Pretty good. So Matthew, uh, with that experience, uh, did you end up suffering any um, m monetary losses with that? I mean, like, I think yes and no, I guess you would say. 
right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that there was a monetary loss in their regards. I could have had a job in construction and I could have made, you know, in two months, I guess I could have made a lot more money compared mm-hmm. to what I did in my sales endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look back on that, I think myself, like, if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't probably understand sales behavior. I wouldn't understand like consumer psychology as well as I do yes. today. So yes, I understand that like it was a tough pill to swallow and it was, I lost quote unquote lost in the moment, but I think I gained in the end. Right. So exactly. If so, that makes sense. Oh yes, absolutely. That is it fair to say that without that failure, you probably would not be where you are today. You, it would have, mm-hmm. Did it help you somehow? I think like, yes and no. I think, I think it's funny how those things work. I always wonder if it's like a coincidence or if there's like, if there's an end all be all type deal and this is like, where, like your destiny. A lot of people think, yes. um, I think like I've always known like to a certain degree of like what I want to do, I guess you would say. Um, and so I've always been like really like wanting to like learn about how I can really move that needle forward, I guess. So I think, um, at the time, I think my needle was being actually moving forward by failing in a lot of ways. Cause I don't think I would have like such a great job and um, be working at such a great company today. If it wasn't for that experience, I think I might be like trying to do something on my own now today mm-hmm. if I didn't go through the experience. Right. So, cause I'd have more leeway or runway, I guess. So I think like in the grand scheme of things, hundred percent, I think it was a good failure. I think that I wouldn't be where I am today without it. So very good. So, Talking about doing things on your own, yeah. I know that besides the the uh, the job you have right now, mm-hmm. uh, you also run your podcast, you blog, yeah. you you have you attend several uh, meetup groups. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, I actually run. I actually run three of them right now um, in Edmonton. They're all about internet marketing. Um, you know, I actually started going to meetups probably back in. Originally, like I think it was like 2015, and I started just going to basic WordPress meetups to turn it lock, learning about like blogging and like Google Analytics and SEO and a bunch of different things. And then I started buying like internet marketing books while I was going through college and a bunch of different things. And so um, I actually was attending a meetup called Internet Marketing Help here in Edmonton that happened once a month by a guy named Ali Solomon from Rapid Boost Marketing. He owns an agency here. And Ollie was looking, Ali started, was looking to start getting into more like live events and like bigger events, hostings and stuff like that. And he was stepping down from the meetup group. He couldn't host it anymore because he just simply didn't have the time and he wanted to do different things. Right. And so I kind of thought to myself, like, this would be like a really good opportunity for really kind of like, you know, I have a general understanding of like how a lot of things work, but it'd be a good way to like really push myself forward, be willing to learn a lot more things through the process and be willing to share what I know with people from, you know, the person that's against started. Cause I think everybody's an expert in something, um, as an expert in something. Right. So, yes. It's very funny that you mentioned that you, uh, manage three of the meetup groups because mm-hmm. recently I've joined, uh, all the Edmonton, all the, everything that was related to the internet and okay. entrepreneurship. So guaranteed I am, in, in all of those groups awesome. and I started attending uh, meetups uh, last week so uh, I've been to two already I met one of the one of the meetup uh, another guy that owns a or has a group a meetup group Kelly um, I met with him he's also 
all-time online entrepreneur. He's an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fantastic. A world that I, where I was before, up in up north, there was no chance to joining uh, meetup groups because yeah. there was no meetup groups. Right. So now down here in a bigger city, so many people that share these mutual interests and mm-hmm. it's fantastic. So I'll, I'll yeah. be I'll be seeing you often in these because I'll, I'll yeah. go to every single one. Well, we um we so I took over the meetup back in January. The Internet Marketing Help, I think it's called Business School Growth and Internet Millions Mastermind Group. Um, and I think it's like over 1,500 or 1,000 members in total that are part of this, these meetup groups. Yes. Um, but I really struggled to like try finding space for like our our monthly events. So what I decided to do is I put in an email to everybody asking them if they're willing to st- – and I'll even send you the link and stuff like that, Quinn, so if you're interested. Um, yes. But I sent out an email to everybody saying, hey, like we're kind of tr- struggling to find space and whatnot right now. Um, a lot of restaurants are really booked up for the next couple of months, and we're trying to like find a place that we can host – you know, 40, 50 people all at once. And it's kind of hard to do that in the city of Edmonton. And so I put out this email. I said, hey, like, are you guys interested in, like, webinars? Would you guys be interested in just doing mm-hmm. a webinar? And you can literally sit at your computer and have no pants on and still be at the meetup group. Right? Yeah. And, just like now. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. Like, no, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's really cool how um, – just with technology nowadays, you can really like integrate large groups of people like mm-hmm. that and have people come together. So yeah, I'll definitely send you the link to that, and that you can definitely share it throughout the through the podcast and everything if people are interested in, yes, the, in the webinar. So that would be great, and I'll probably even look into well, one of the meetings I had was at the ATB Entrepreneur Center mm-hmm. in. Uh, I don't know. You probably looked into that if they have rooms available. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we looked into it. There's just some, um, there's just some issues going around with that. It, it was just really tough. Time. It's really tough to get like, because they book up really fast there, mm-hmm. and just the scheduling aspect of things was a little bit difficult. So we're still in talks with them and everything. So yeah, very good. Okay, Matthew, um, a few more questions. Sure. So, for example, something that I ask um, everybody that comes to to the show, and I know you you love reading. Yeah. Uh, what is one book that oh, yeah. that has marked you the most? Something that has actually changed you? One book. Yeah, I would have to. Okay, so there's a book. Okay, so I have a monthly book club that I do with Be Influenced, um, my blog and podcast. And this is the book that I that I said I would buy people a copy if they actually guessed it. Um, no, no one actually guessed it in the book club. But essentially, I, I actually attempted to guess that. Yeah, one. you attempted, but you were close. You were very <laughs> yes. close. Um, I think you guessed it. Tim Ferriss is the four-hour workweek. That's that's what I try. Yeah, yeah, um, close. A lot of people compare Tim Ferriss to this guy, but his name's MJ DeMarco from the Millionaire Fast Lane. Have you heard of this book before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like by far and large, it's probably one of my favorite business books of all times. And what I love about it is it just really orchestrates kind of like a mindset that you need to really develop, I guess you'd say um, in terms of like if you're building a business, if you have a side hustle or whatever, yeah. it really just builds a really strong mindset in it. And it really just talks about the social conditioning, I guess you could say in a lot of ways. So if people don't know what social conditioning is, social conditioning is basically um, the idea that 
it's or like I think Lishin from Mind Valley he talks about he calls them rules. But it's social conditioning is basically like what you've been told your whole life because it's just the way it is. Go to school, get a good job, right? Is just the way that you need to live your life to become successful. Um, and so the millionaire fasting really just breaks down a lot of these different um, myths that's out in society and what you've been told your entire life. And it just really breaks them down and talks about like why it's much of BS and um, what you could do differently to move forward. And it's really just changed my mindset on things. So I definitely recommend anyone that hasn't read MJ DeMarco's book, The Millionaire Fasting, definitely go do it. It's got a new one that just came out called Unscripted. Um, I haven't purchased it yet. I'm mm. definitely on my upcoming reading list. So, yeah. Very good. And it's actually, it's fantastic how uh, things change so much because um, being in an older generation, it took me, you know, 35, th a good 35 years to actually develop that kind of mentality mm -hmm. that, that you have already. And it's, it's fantastic that uh, back then there was, there was not a, you know, you, it was the mentality that everything that you, you learn has to be, you have to learn it in school. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, of course, yeah, things things change a lot, and we evolve with times too. Yeah, I think yeah, and we can get into a whole big discussion about whether or not um, how school really prepares you for the real world. I guess you'd say, and there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of bad things at the end of the day, right? But exactly. yeah, it's just it's really interesting how um, if you really think about it, school's been really, school systems were really designed for factories. They're really designed for. Um, just really trying to educate people to get into the factories, right? There hasn't been nothing really ever, like, it's the whole reason why the school system wasn't created because people were going out to work in factories and they were having children, and so they needed some place to take their children, and that's how the school system was created. So they created the school system so they would educate people on how to work in the factories. And, you know, times have obviously changed since then, but exactly. it's amazing that how the same basic premise is still around, so. But anyways, that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so Matthew, um, yeah. from for, from your story, from something that if if our listeners today learn just one thing, what would you want that one thing to be? The people that remember this. Yeah. Um, so like. I'm a fairly young individual, right? Like I haven't had like a whole lot of quote unquote failure failures in my life because I'm such a young individual. But I think like when I think back to like the times it's happened, um, I think like everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. Um, not in mm -hmm. regards to like, um, like a destiny type of thing. I just think that like everyone's experiences are different and everybody has to go through certain unique situations, whether it's family related, work related, um, try something on their own, fail, like whatever the case is, everyone has to go through a different experience to kind of evolve into the person that they're going to become at the end of the day. Right. And mm -hmm. so I, and I think for myself that like, I'm always going to be the type of person that tries something new, um, try something for, you know, months on end quick, like test fast, um, learn quicker, you know, and just see what sticks, I guess you'd say. Um, so I'm always going to be the type of person that's always trying new things and trying to move my needle forward, I guess. So I would say, like, if there's something that I want people to really know 
is, you know, it's okay to fail and look at things in terms of it's a process and not the end of the world. Um, and when you fail, like if you're, if you're going through some challenge, it means that you're growing and you know that something big is coming, coming in your life. So that's, that's it right there. I actually, I interviewed a, a gentleman that he, failure is mandatory in his life. So he, he reassesses his situation every so often. And if he has not failed, he realized that he's not going outside his comfort zone. So he's not yeah. taking enough action. Uh, you actually mentioned how since they were born and we start to learn how to walk and mm-hmm. when, when the kid falls and stands up again, it's not considered failing. It's considered learning. Yeah. But as we grow up and we get into business, then every, everything is failing while what we're doing is just learning and it's just yeah. an experiment experience. So but it's, isn't it weird how we frame that though? Like in a lot of ways, like why we, why we think it like, I don't know. This is something that I'm kind of obsessed about is like how we think things in our minds, right? Like, and what we think about our minds and then the reality of things, like you said, the kid that falls just says, Oh, I'm learning how to walk. When, hmm. when we grow up, when we have more experiences, we say that's a failure. Right. And yeah. I don't think that's the right way to look at things. I think it's a learning experience. Exactly. And, and at what point does it change? Because I, I don't remember in my life when I stopped saying, hey, I'm just learning to, I'm failing. So is that something that we actually learn with society that uh, this is a failure? Or, and- yeah, I don't know. I think like, I think a lot of it's based on like, who you, I think like, I'm a really big believer in like, you're the average of the five most people you hang around with. Yes. Yeah. So I think if you hang around people that would view that as a learning experience and a process, I think you kind of adopt a better mindset on things, right? So I think it's really based on like um, your social circle, who socially influences you, what are like you doing to push your comfort zone, and like what your own internal beliefs and values are at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah. spot on right there, Matthew. So if uh, if our listeners, if they want to get a hold of you, yeah, uh, where can they find you? Um. Yeah, great question. So if you're interested in following me through my journey and if you're interested in starting podcasting, um, you can definitely reach me out on Facebook. I have a group or a Facebook page. It's called At The Influence. So you can definitely get a hold of us on there, like and share it. I'll be sure to share out this interview when it, once it comes live. So I'm really looking forward to that, Quinn. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at my last name. is just at Anchorstein. Um, the podcast and blog, you can go check it all out on theinfluence.com iTunes, be influenced, be influenced everywhere, guys. So, yeah, definitely go check it out there. Um, and you can also email me if you just want to hit me up on email at beinfluenced at gmail.com. And I'll be answering anyone's questions, concerns. Um, if you want to get certain podcasts right now, I actually have this uh, resource guide that I just launched out about last week. It's called the Be Here Checklist. And something that I've really been interested in about um, because it's something that I think I'm really going to start branding myself more and more of is becoming like a podcasting expert. Um, and simply because like when I was going out, when I was doing door to door sales, I had a guy reach out to me named Rick Harris and he was looking to get started in podcasting and mm-hmm. he wanted to get started in podcasting because he wanted to build a social following for when he built, sell, sells his book about real estate investing. Um, so I really helped him get started in his blogging and podcasting journey and I coached him for free and everything like that. And just, and anything that like I come across and I want to share with Rick, I always share with him. And if anything that he ever comes across, she shares with me. Right. So. Yeah. 
Um, we've really built a really good relationship out of that. And I'm actually starting to help another person get started her podcasting journey. Um, I won't preview it too much right now, but her name is Diana and she's uh, starting a podcast on weddings and like everything you need to know about your big day and wedding planning. So I've just noticed like more and more people are coming to me for how to get started in podcasting with software, recording, tips, tricks, everything in between. And I think that's something more and more I'm going to be starting building a brand around, I guess you'd say. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in learning about podcasting, definitely hit me up. Um, and I can even share a link with you, Quinn, that you can share with your audience members that they can go ahead and get a free copy of the Be Heard checklist, which is basically a checklist that walks you through step-by-step of everything you need to know about when you're going to start on podcasting. What kind of recording equipment you need, what kind of software you need, um, you know, where are you going to submit it to, how are you going to get your show on iTunes, and a bunch of different things. And I make it in a really short easy to digestible manner so very good so now you heard it uh you can get a checklist i'll ha- i'll add it to it, uh, to the show notes and for the record the b influence is b just like the uh the bug it's b b e e influence and i actually really like your logo uh because yeah. it matches and it's very good yeah, thank you, man. I get a lot of I get a lot of people that reach out and they say, "Hey, man, like, I absolutely love your logo." Like, yeah, like we got a T-shirt. If you're, or I'll just say this too: if you're interested in getting like a T-shirt or something like that, we can definitely send you guys a T-shirt too. So nice, nice. Well, I really appreciate your time, Matthew, and yeah. thank you for being with us. Thank you for for the checklist that you're gonna let everybody mm-hmm. have, and uh, I hope all the best. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I had a lot of fun. So, yeah, we should definitely do this again. Well, well we will, and uh, I'll see you around for sure. I'm going to go to all these meetups as well. Okay, buddy. Sounds good. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. You have a great day. Thanks. You too.